At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's our number two of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got an absolutely tremendous hour for you guys. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by Anthony DeBundo, who does great work over at Action Network. We're talking a little bit of everything with him. He does a great job covering all the bases. We've got a big EPL match that's going to be going down over the weekend, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk a little college basketball. We're going to talk some NFL. We're going to talk some national title games, so... We're giving you guys a little bit of everything here on this Wednesday night. If you're out on the West Coast, Thursday morning, if you're out on the East Coast edition of the Greg Peterson Experience. So very much looking forward to that. And this is the time of the show in which I give out my DK Nation pick. So very much looking forward to that. And it's all made possible by the folks behind the scenes that do absolutely amazing work because this show says the Greg Peterson Experience, and I am very proud of that. But I'm even more proud to work with all the fine folks behind the scenes that make things run and operate the way that they do. I just mentioned the fact that Anthony is going to be coming up in about 15 minutes. The man that books all these guests and just in general keeps me in line. That would be our wonderful producer, Jason Kahn, one of the best in the business. For those of you guys watching on Visa.com, YouTube TV, what have you, you're seeing all the graphics on the screen. That is courtesy of our good friend, Nick. For those of you guys that are catching this a little bit after the fact, you're able to download every single hour of everything that we do here at the network at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you find your podcast, the VEASAN Best Bets feed, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, this goes on and on. Sean is the man that is in charge of that. And then all of you guys listening on Terrestrial Radio, which we're adding more and more radio stations. We're actually going to have a ton that are going to be coming in in the next week. Taylor is our man that does a great job of making everything sound crystal clear. So a big thanks to these guys. They do amazing work, as I always say. I need to pay it back because these guys are working their butts off. That means that I have to as well. And you know what? Our DK Nation picks have really gotten online. We took a little bit of a loss 48 hours ago, but bounced back with Iowa State. Told you guys you wouldn't need the points with Iowa State, so that made me very, very happy. And now we're on a 13-3 and run in our last 16. But as they always say, you're as good as your next pick. And, well, we are going to be going to the battle for Los Angeles for this one. 821-822 on the board. And, this number is dropping like a rock as I do this show because DraftKings opened this number at 14. I didn't think when I came on the show that we'd be getting 14, but now we're seeing anywhere between 11.5 and 12.5 with USC catching the points as an underdog. Your Toronto's game is anywhere between 140.5 and 141. 
I like this all the way down to about nine and a half. So as long as you're catching double figures slash nine and the hook, I do like USC in this spot. And that is going to be the basis of my write-up, taking the points with USC. The last time we saw USC lose by more than 11 in this matchup, Lonzo Ball was on the other side for UCLA 13 matchups ago. This is a rock-solid USC team. With USC, they've really been making their hay down low because you've got a guy in Joshua Morgan that's been able to give you 2.8 blocks per game. He ranks fifth in all of college basketball with that regard. The Trojans were a little bit unsure of how they were going to address not having Vincent Iwuchuku in the fold. He very unfortunately actually collapsed during non-conference or during off-season workouts. They have found Morgan to be able to plug in that spot down low, and he has been able to do a good job for the team. And then for USC, you've got the... Man with the great last name, Drew Peterson, who has been able to stuff the statue. He's able to give the team right around 13 points. Chips in there just below five assists per contest, six rebounds. He's been able to do a nice job for this bunch. And you've also been able to have Boogie Ellis be able to chip in there right around 16 points per contest. Good three-point shooter for the USC team. And after having a little bit of a bumpy start to the season, they've now been able to win seven out of their last eight games. They've been doing a rock-solid job on defense, giving up 70 points or fewer in now four out of their last five games. And they're going up against a UCLA team that they're going to be the more efficient team on defense. UCLA, a top 15 team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But what USC has done a very good job of with their defense is they force you to the outside. With USC, they rank 12th in all of college basketball in terms of opponents' field goal shooting percentage. And they actually rank 4th in terms of opponents' two-point field goal shooting percentage in a road and neutral court environment for UCLA, they take 26.2% of their shots from three-point range. That is the eighth lowest mark out of your 363 D1 teams. UCLA is not content with taking shots from the outside. They're looking to get the ball inside. That is the strength of USC. That is going to be able to keep them in this game. This is a USC bunch. It's now getting a little bit more out of Trey White, who's been able to give you nine points, five rebounds per game. And I do think what is going to be a little bit of an issue for USC in this game, which is why I can't take them really north of a nine and a half or so, is that this UCLA team, they do have active hands. They're in the top 15 in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers for us on a per-possession basis. Tiger Campbell has been really efficient. And you take a look at this UCLA team. They've been able to do a great job of taking care of the ball. Nine and a half turnovers per game. That's one of the best marks in all of college basketball. You've been able to get some very good production out of Jaime Alcaz along Jalen Clark. They combined for 31 points, right around 13 rebounds. You're able to get 2.7 steals per game out of Jalen Clark. That's a top 10 mark in all of college basketball. And he's been able to shoot 35.5% from three. Tiger Campbell shoots 37% from distance. Four and a half assists, 13 and a half points per game. I like him. But that said, I know that they've been dealing with a little bit of ailment to Amari Bailey as well. And that's a little bit of an impact because he's really that freshman, not necessarily master of any, but just a really good athlete that's able to self the sad sheet, has been able to give this team right around 10 points per contest. He chips in there a few rebounds, few assists. So he's been able to do a solid job there. And he's going to be missing his third strength, third strength game. So that is going to be a bit of an issue for them. So that hurts them in this spot. And with USC, they've been able to do a little bit of a better job of reining it in in terms of turnovers. If you take a look at them right now, they're right around 265th in terms of turnovers on a per-possession basis. But they've now had 12 turnovers for fewer and five out of their last eight games since they've been able to ascend. And I think that they're going to do a little bit of a better job of being able to take care of the ball. And this is just a really big rivalry matchup in general. It is a battle for Los Angeles now. I was talking to my wonderful producer, Jason, who has spent some time out there in Los Angeles. Unfortunately, doesn't register quite the same way that you'd be finding in terms of something that might be a little bit more major. Like if Wichita State and Kansas were matching up, for instance, that would be big. And hopefully one day we are going to be able to get that matchup in an actual regular season game where we don't need the committee to be able to put that together. I'm looking at you, Kansas, for putting that together. But that's it. I do think that it's going to be still a very good rivalry here. My DK Nation write-up, that is taking the points with USC. And I do think that USC is going to be able to do a good job down low. These are a pair of mid-tempo teams that aren't necessarily going to be going super-duper up-tempo. We're seeing this total a little bit north of 140. I set my total at 140, so we're going to be taking a look at the under in the spot. And right up here, that is taking the points with USC. So we're taking a look at the underdog there. How about if we stay out there in the Pac-12? A team that I cover quite a bit as... Before I came here to VEASAN, I was actually working at the official flagship station of the Oregon Ducks. And one thing that I just always recalled, being able to cover the Oregon Ducks, 
They had never won at the CU Event Center. That was until last year. They're looking to make it two in a row. 8.09, 8.10 on the betting board. Colorado plays host to Oregon. Oregon's between a two and a two and a half point underdog. Your total loss game are between 144.5 and 145.5. And I certainly do not think that Oregon is going to be able to make this two in a row. I like Colorado in the spot. I make Colorado a five point favorite. And I do think that with Colorado, you do have to be very cognizant of their home and road splits. This is a team that if you take a look at like the last four to five years in terms of betting splits with them, they've been a cover machine at home. They've been the opposite of a cover machine on the road. They've been able to reverse that a little bit. Getting that nice win against Tennessee a little bit earlier in the year was big. You may recall one of my write-ups from about a week or two ago was taking them against Stanford. They were able to get the job done there. So maybe they will do a better job of being able to travel. Tad Boyle has been able to do a solid job with the team, and it's a Colorado team that they rank 80th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But now they're going up against an Oregon team that they rank at the bottom 50 in terms of total possessions per game. They rank outside the top 100 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And Oregon is just not doing the little things right now. A little bit is because... They've been without Jermaine Cousinard, who is coming in from South Carolina, was supposed to be an impact player in the backcourt. But for Oregon, you can't be a team that plays as slowly as they do, turns the ball over 13 times per game, and shoots 66% of the free throw line, 30.3% from three-point range. Those percentage marks are both in the bottom 50 in all of college basketball. And for Oregon, they just don't look very disciplined. You've got Infali Dante, who's able to chip in there right around 13 and a half points, 6.8 rebounds per game. But I really don't understand why this line is so short. You've got a really good home court advantage in Colorado, a team in Colorado that has completely dominated this rivalry when they've been at home. Now, when Colorado goes to Oregon, Oregon has completely dominated that. But home court advantage, when it comes to conference play, it is not just important, it is paramount, in my opinion. And this Colorado team has always performed very well at the CU Event Center against this Oregon team. And you've got K.J. Simpson, who has been very well-rounded, chipping in their 18.5 points, 4.3 rebounds, 3.8 assists, shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range, and he's been better than Will Richardson this year. Will Richardson, throughout his career, has always been about a 40% three-point shooter. His last three years, he shot, I believe, 42, 40, and 38 that sounded more like 34% from three. Never had more than two and a half turnovers per game. He's up to nearly three and a half turnovers per game this year. He's been out of sorts because he's having to do a little bit of everything right now in that backcourt. Meanwhile, for Colorado, you've got someone like a Giovanni Holiday. He's been able to give you 10 points, six half rebounds per game. Dristin De Silva, he's a six foot eight combo player. Shoots about 33% from three, 14 points, five rebounds. And for this Colorado team, each of your top four scores, I'll give you more than four rebounds per game. So they do a very nice job there. It's a Colorado team that has been able to really do a nice job of being able to meld together. And they're averaging fewer turnovers per game than Oregon, despite the fact that they're the team that plays at a top 50 tempo. And I do think that Oregon, if they are able to do anything in this game, it slow it down a little bit. We saw Stanford and Colorado play a game that was played in the very low 70s. I expect something of that nature here. I did set my total at 141, so I'm going to be taking a look at the under, but I think that Colorado is just the superior team. They have had complete and under ownage of Oregon on their home floor, and I think that that continues. So going to be looking to lay the number here with Colorado, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. And coming up next, we are going to be taking a look at some football as Anthony DeBundo does an absolutely terrific job on that front over at Action Network. We're in a little bit of everything with him in the next few segments as we're going to hit some football a little bit later as well. That's up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. We are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And- it is great to be joined by Anthony DeBundo. He does absolutely amazing work over at Action Network, covers a little bit of everything. And Anthony, happy new year to you, my friend, and great to have you aboard. Great to be here, and it's definitely a, a tough week in football, but uh, it will be a, certainly an interesting weekend, week 18. Hope you had a happy new year. I hope you did as well. And let's just start right there, because I think the biggest question that I've got to ask you is, in terms of the NFL this week, have you had to change up your handicapping a little bit just given the oddness of this? Because, I mean, not only with everything that we saw on Monday Night Football, but Week 18 in general is very nip and tuck. It's very difficult knowing who's actually going to be playing all their players. Might we see guys get pulled at the half if you got, like, the Eagles up by 30 points or something like that, where it's like with the 49ers, it's like, all right, now we're not going to get the one seed. We don't need to have our guys out there here for the second half. So I think that there's just so many things to take into account. Anything that you might be changing for this week? Yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, it was hard to even think about, you know, sports betting in the NFL for a couple of days after what happened Monday night. But at least from my perspective, Sunday night, I bet uh, Tampa Bay and the Giants. Those are the first two bets I placed. And I thought, you know, for, for Tampa Bay, it was a matter of uh, Brady and the the Bucks didn't rest last week, so I'm not expecting them to go full rest this week. And given how poor their offense had been with Brady in there, I wasn't sure there was such a huge downgrade uh, you know, with him out anyway. So I thought seven points was too many. And with the Giants, I think we're going to see a limited Jalen Hurts in this game on Sunday. Hurts is still limited in practice, and even if he comes back, I think the Eagles may try to limit his rushing. So that would limit the effectiveness of the Eagles' run game, even if the Giants do kind of a half approach with their starters. Uh, I think that spread was a little bit too inflated. So if Hertz is a little limited, the Eagles offense may be better than it was last week, but it won't be good enough to cover the 14 in a game there. They don't really need to get marge and they just need to win. So I think, you know, this is a matter of, of the line being a bit inflated in a classic, you know, resting versus motivated situation. Absolutely. And there's going to be no shortage of motivation in this game because even if the Lions are eliminated, well, there's the ultimate motivator on the other side, coaching up that team. And Dan Campbell, it's going to be the Packers and the Detroit Lions. Total right now that I'm seeing is pretty much 49 across the board. This opened up more around 47. So we've seen a tick up with the Green Bay Packers. They're now pretty much a four and a half point favorite. What are you saying on this game? Because the Green Bay Packers, they've been able to cook with quite a bit of gas recently. They are on a four game win streak. 
it's the good old Aaron Rodgers run the table sort of thing. But for the Detroit Lions, they could still get into the playoffs as well if things break right for them. And they've been playing some really good football last month and a half themselves. Absolutely. But I think both of these defenses remain vulnerable. I think for my bet, which is the over, I think I'd rather the Lions be out of it because we might see the kitchen sink come out from Dan Campbell going forward on fourth down, running some fake punts, some trick plays. Uh, you know that even if they're out, the Lions are going to give a good effort, and they're going to pull out all the stops and increase the variance in this game, which is good for the over. More fourth downs, more fake trick plays, trying to, you know, either they usually either go really well or really poorly, and all that leads to points. Uh, so I think I want, you know, that to happen from, from the game theory point of view. But from a matchup perspective, uh, the Green Bay defense has played better to an extent. Most of the improvement we've seen from the Green Bay defense hasn't really been on a per-play basis. It's just been turnovers. Teams are finally giving them the ball when the first half of the season it was the other way around. Now you're seeing Green Bay getting turnover luck. Miami game comes to mind, getting to face Tua when he was clearly concussed in the second half. Last week, uh, Green Bay had seven, I think they had 14 points and 14 offensive yards. You know, you get a kick return, touchdown, you get a deflected pick six, a, a, a fumble off of Cousins. Uh, the defense has made some big plays, but on a play-to-play basis, they're still getting gashed in the run game. Uh, and Detroit's defense is also absolutely terrible. I mean, it was the same thing with the Lions. Remember back in week six, seven, they had the worst defense in the NFL. They were 32nd in every metric. They went through that winning streak, and and everybody was saying how improved the defense was. And they did improve somewhat. But again, a lot of that was driven by turnovers. Uh, and we've seen on, on a success rate perspective, this is still the worst defense or second worst defense in the NFL, depending on certain metrics. So both these defenses are extremely vulnerable. Weather doesn't look too bad for Lambeau in January. It looks like it's about 35, so not terrible given the what you'd expect, which is important because Goff does not have a great history in the cold, but it doesn't look like it's going to be too cold for him. So I like the over. I don't blame you there with the Detroit Lions. It's been very clear this year that they have been an over team. They've been able to generate a lot of offense when they've had their full complement of pieces. I do think that it is very important in this sort of an ordeal to – throw out some of the stuff that you saw in October when they were without DeAndre Swift, when they were trying to adjust to not having TJ Hawkinson and company because that is not the same team that we are seeing right now. So I think that that's very important. I think that we need to do that a little bit with a team that I know that you like in the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are a two and a half point favorite. Totals between 40 and 40 and a half. Typically, I think that the hook is just so paramount. And I would say, absolutely, if we see this get to three, you much rather have a two and a half. But it just feels like the Steelers are undervalued here in general. I don't feel like this should be a field goal game with the way that the Browns have been performing. Yeah, the Browns were able to get the job done last week, but I don't think that that was the Browns playing great. Rather, the Washington Commanders making a brain-dead decision decide, deciding to start Carson Wentz, which I don't know if you were able to make any sense of that, but I couldn't, and the Browns were the beneficiaries. But that said, really like the way that the Steelers are playing and being able to lay just two and a half, that appeals to me. I actually am going to disagree with you a little bit here. I think Pittsburgh's a little bit overrated. Uh, I think they're they're in a must-win spot. Of course, they still have a chance at the playoffs. Uh, I do want the three, though. So if it's two and a half, I would recommend probably just using the Browns. It's an excellent teaser piece. You can get it up over the field goal, over the touchdown, to eight and a half, low-scoring game, divisional matchup. You expect the Browns to want to play spoiler here. And I think there's going to be a lot of ground and pound going in this game for both teams. Pittsburgh's run defense did hold up really well last week against Baltimore, but as a whole this season, they've been pretty average. So I think the, the Browns can get some action going on the ground. And, and look, Kenny Pickett has, has made a name for himself because they've been on primetime back-to-back weeks, and he's led game-winning touchdown drives in the fourth quarter of those games. But let's not forget, that was to get to 16 points against Baltimore and to get to 13 points against the Raiders. Uh, the offense has still been pretty sluggish. They're 20, he's 24th in EPA per play. If you take out turnovers, 25th. He's one spot ahead of Russell Wilson. So it hasn't exactly been, uh, you know, he's shown promise and he's shown improvement. And I think there's reason for optimism, maybe for the Steelers long-term. But this offense is still pretty mediocre. So I think it's closer to a coin flip kind of game. I would take the three if you get it. But again, at two and a half, I think it's a better teaser piece. Yeah, but I think the big key is, can Kenny Pickett continue his improved play as well? Because he was not good at the beginning of the year, to say the least. I took a look at him the last few months. have really liked what I've seen there. So that is a big question mark in terms of that game. And Anthony, I know that you've got a little bit of tape when it comes to the college football national title. I know that neither of us, it's necessarily our forte, but I mean, both of us were just very enthralled in that national 
or the national semifinal that we saw between TCU and Michigan, then obviously the Georgia versus Ohio State game. That was absolutely tremendous. And as we're seeing it right now, TCU between a 12 to a 13 point underdog, depending upon where you look, where do you stand on this game? Just because with Georgia, love what I saw from them on offense against Ohio State. Setson Bennett clearly has been able to step up for the scene, but I still think that this is a Georgia offense that's rather limited and trying to lay 12 and a half points with a Georgia team that I just don't know if they're going to be able to duplicate what they did on offense against Ohio State. That has me feeling a little bit, that has me feeling nervous about trying to lay the points here. I just can't do it with this Georgia offense. Yeah, you know, as a neutral, I really am rooting for TCU. You know, I think they're an incredible story. I was you know, everybody, if you're on gambling Twitter, if you're in the gambling space, you know how fortunate they've gotten. They've gotten a lot of breaks over the course of the year. They've won a lot of close games. They've pulled off a lot of comebacks. Uh, but it is a great story to go from unranked at the beginning of the season, first-year head coach, TCU, not a college football powerhouse, into the national championship. And so I'll be rooting for the Toads. I'll be rooting for the Horn Frogs. But from a betting perspective, I'd probably look to play against their offense. I think that they relied on a ton of big plays against Michigan. And Michigan's defense, you know, I'm starting to wonder – how good were they really? Because I think, you know, my colleague Stucky pointed this out. The defenses, the offenses they played throughout the course of the season were really, really bad, except for Purdue and Ohio State, who kind of threw, threw it all over the yard against them. So is there enough holes in this, uh, you know, was the TCU offense a little bit of a mirage in that, in that semifinal? Because Duggan as a whole was still, uh, you know, 50% completion percentage, 14 of 29. Uh, and I, I wonder how sustainable that is against a better Georgia defense than that Michigan one was. And then, of course, the TCU defense, even against Michigan, really struggled to stop anything in that game. I mean, they had a couple of goal line stands. So I just wonder if Georgia just dominates the line of scrimmage here. But I'm not counting out the Toads. I'll be rooting for, the, I'll be rooting for them. Uh, it should be a really interesting matchup. The backdoor risk is huge here, too. That's another thing. You know, I, I don't want to lay 12 and a half either. If it got to 10, maybe, I would bet Georgia. But uh, I think this is a good, maybe like a TCU team total under. I actually think this, this the market's overreacted a little bit to last week and, and bumped this total a little high. But again, like like you said, both these defenses looked really suspect last week, uh, or you know last week. So it is hard to uh, to expect improvement. But like I said, the TCU offense just a little bit overrated for me. Yep, I don't blame you there. I do think that they certainly had their best showing against Michigan. I do think that the Georgia defense is going to be able to put the clamps down a little bit more and. Coming up next, we're going to be talking a little bit of EPL with Anthony DeBundo. Does great work over at Action Network. And I'm going to take a look at my favorite sport, college basketball, as well. Next, here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Winter sports are in full swing at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, being rejoined by Anthony DeBundo, who does great work over at Action Network. And Anthony, we're going to dive into some college football, or some college basketball, I should say, here in a minute or two, but I know you've got a play in terms of the EPL. This is going to be coming up tomorrow right around noon Pacific time, and this is going to be a good one. Chelsea versus Man City. If you're looking at the three-way line, Man City, a minus-160 favorite. They are a dominant team out in the EPL this season, but I know you're going away from the three-way line and looking at something a little bit different. Take me through how you're going to be playing this Chelsea versus Man City match. Yeah, so Man City is the best team in the world in club football, uh, and they get priced like one, especially when Chelsea's been in the form that they've been in. Chelsea has really struggled. Uh, they brought in their new manager back in November. He's started to look like he was turning things around, but they have struggled going forward. They're just not getting enough shots right now. They're outside the top 10 in expected goals per 90, which for a team like Chelsea, who finished in the top four each of the last four seasons and is traditionally one of the biggest powers in England, it's been a big red flag, and they're just not good at getting the ball into the penalty area. They're eighth in box entries, so they have a, a ball progression problem, getting the ball through the midfield, getting it into the area, and then they have a problem getting good shots once they're there. Going up against a city team where if you can get at them quickly and, and turn them over and win and, and attack direct, you can get at the city defense, but if you want to be 
a possession, slow, intricate team like Chelsea is, it's very hard to get at City because they just don't let you have possession. They're so good at winning the ball back. And so I think it's going to be very difficult for this Chelsea attack, even at home. But I do expect Chelsea's defense, which I think is actually an underrated unit in the market. The market's downgraded Chelsea a lot since the beginning of the season. They were priced as like the third, fourth best team. They're priced sixth or seventh now, which I think is about right. But the market's gone very low on this defense. And I think the defense, they did have a ton of injuries throughout the first half of the season, right before the World Cup. They are a little bit healthier now. Uh, and they, that should help their defense considerably. And I think they, they have the tools and the talent to slow down City. And if you look at City as a whole, everybody knows Erling Holland and how dominant he's been. They've run really, really well from an XG versus goals perspective. They have finished well above their expected goals. And what we know about a team, uh, in the long run, you tend to regress back toward that XG number. You can get a little bit of finishing variance for somebody as good as Holland to maybe finish 10% above the numbers, 15%. But City's finishing 20, 25, 30% over. So they're a team that's due to regress in the attack. So I like the under here, two and a half, plus 110, 115. To hold your nose under, the Prem has gone over at a 60% clip this year. A lot of it's because of unsustainable finishing, and I do expect some unders to come back here. It's a tactical stalemate a bit. City probably wins, but I like the under. And it's going to be, in my opinion, a really good match because you mentioned it. I mean, the dominance that we have been seeing out of Man City, it is absolutely incredible. So that is going to be a fun one. And we're going to have a fun one in terms of college basketball for this Thursday as well. Right around 80 games on the board. That's one of my favorite days just because you don't have as many of the power conference teams. You've got a lot of these good classic mid-majors. And I think that you talked to Tom Caselli before coming on here because I know he likes what you like. And I'm on this one as well. UAB and Florida Atlantic, this is 753, 754 on the board. UAB opened up a four-point dog. Now we're seeing it anywhere between three and a half and four with a total hovering right around 148. Take me through why you're taking a look at this game because I took the points with UAB. Also see a little bit of an edge with the over just because UAB, well, they are the Blazers and they've lived up to that title. They have been Blazers out there on the floor. No doubt about it, and I'm glad to hear Tom's on it too. He he dominates the mid-majors. He, he, he knows those really well, and I'm glad all three of us are going to make it a squad yes. ride here on the Blazers. I think this really comes down to UAB loves to run, and yes, the Florida Atlantic transition defense is solid. It grades out pretty well, but the strength of the Florida Atlantic defense has actually been taking away the three and taking away spot-up shooters this season. UAB doesn't want to do that. They're happy to get to the rim and the one weakness for Florida Atlantic, you know, the synergy data shows they do not defend offensive rebounds that well. When they give up offensive rebounds, they're very vulnerable off the scramble, off of those shots. Their defense kind of breaks down a little bit. And UAB, one of the best offensive rebounding teams, run and gun, get to the rim, get in transition, let you get some transition too, but speed the game up and cause chaos. And I think that favors them. UAB will dominate on the offensive glass here. And they should be able to get good looks off the pick and roll. Another area where Florida Atlantic's defense not particularly great. UAB, just a team I like in general. I know shot quality really likes them. Has them in the top 15 in adjusted shot quality uh, difference between offense and defense and opponents. So this is, it's a buy low on UAB, a team that has played really well. And it's one of the high, most high-profile mid-major matchups. But I think UAB is a slightly better team. So even on the road, I'll take the four. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. And I brought this game up a little bit earlier on in the hour. This is a game that I'm on in USC versus UCLA. UCLA opened up a 14 point favorite. We're seeing this getting down to right around 11 after 13. So we've got a lot of variance in the market. So you're able to hit whatever you like and you're able to get the best of the number. But any sort of opinion on this game? Because I do take a look at this UCLA team. And last time they knocked off USC by more than 11 points, like we're seeing in the line was 2017 with Lonzo Ball being out there. And I think that USC, just with the way that they defend the perimeter in UCLA, they really don't take a lot of threes in general, could be able to keep them live in this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, UCLA being the kings of the contested two is still somewhat true. But USC's paint defense really keeps them in almost every game. I think when they're a big underdog, and I think that they're able to prevent easy baskets and prevent teams from getting away from them, I think that'll be the biggest key. UCLA is definitely... Uh, you know, the spread's come down, like you said, 11 and a half, probably a little bit closer to what I would have expected to be. And so probably not going to get a bet from me, but definitely those openers are a clear sign, you know, 13, 14, the UCLA is at the top of the market here. I mean, they were overvalued over the weekend against Washington state. They probably should have lost that game. They were down double digits the whole way goes into a play. Uh, I like in the rest of the PAC 12, 
But yeah, I think UCLA is at the top of the market here, so it would be dog or nothing. I don't don't see UCLA getting big margin, especially the way Mick likes to likes to slow the game down, and you know this being, of course, a rivalry. Absolutely, and out there in the Pac-12, we do have some relatively solid action for the Sears and Washington State versus Arizona State. In my opinion, is a good one. Washington State. They don't have a good record. As a matter of fact, they're sub 500. But if you take a look at the teams that they played and the way that they played them, they've looked relatively solid. They go up against an Arizona State team that, I mean, Bobby Hurley seems actually playing defense. I never thought I would say that, but Bobby Hurley has a top 30 team in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. Right now we're seeing this total right around 131, and we've seen it come down a little bit. Arizona State, they open up right around a five and a half point favorite. This is down to five, four and a half. If this continues to go down, I think you're starting to get a little bit of value on Arizona State. Where do you stand in terms of this game? Because I do expect it to be a low possession, slower game, and I like the under. Yeah, you know, I feel bad for Kyle Smith at this point. I mean, the last couple of years, everybody, I was a big hyper of this team going into last season. They had all kinds of injuries, all kinds of close game variants that went against them, and all of it's happening again. I mean, they've had injury problems a little bit, but also just bad close game luck. I mean, Ken Palm and Bartorvik have luck metrics have them as one of the unluckiest teams in the league they in, in the country. They've been really poor in close games again. Uh, but I think this is a decent matchup for them. I'm also just not quite buying this Arizona State offense. I mean, look at the Arizona State offense. They were outside the top 200 last year, and they took a big jump in some efficiency metrics. They did bring in some talented players, but they don't grade out in anything that they do that well. I mean, transition-wise, they're, they're a very mediocre transition offense. Uh, they don't shoot the ball well from the perimeter. And it's hard to score inside against this Washington State length. So they can get bogged down in the half court. And I think that uh, this offense has some regression coming. They also didn't really play much of a non-conference. Their two biggest games, they did uh, get a big win against Creighton. But remember, they faced Creighton without Kalkbrenner. So they did have an advantage there. And Arizona State didn't really challenge themselves in the non-conference. Whereas Washington State, not only did they lose a ton of heartbreaking games, they played a tough schedule. I mean, they're top 25, top 30 in, in strike the schedule. And did show some real signs of life last weekend. I was impressed. They, of course, they were at home, but going toe-to-toe with UCLA should have beat them and then handled USC. Uh, I think that's an encouraging sign because, you know, similar to USC, Arizona State does uh, defend the interior really well, but Washington State, they love to shoot the ball from the perimeter. That's where the holes in this Arizona State defense can maybe show up. Washington State also should win the rebounding in this. They get a lot of offensive rebounds, a lot of long rebounds off their shooting. Arizona State, very aggressive defense. They will concede rebounds. So I think this game's another coin flip, similar to UAB. I think Washington State's a pretty comparable team. So even on the road, I'm going to take the points, and hopefully they don't get run out of the gym. This is one of those games where, for myself, and we always find them find ourselves as betters in some of these spots where it's like, ah, two teams I absolutely love to bet are going up against each other. Typically, it's a little bit more difficult than it's like, ah, Two terrible teams that I absolutely hate to bet on, and they're matching up against each other. Those are always some of the toughest calls. That's me in this Arizona State versus Washington State game, but love the way that Arizona State is playing defense, and to your point with Washington, slow control team that they they deserve better than what they've gotten this year. That is for sure, but we got really, really lucky in terms of this show tonight because we got you aboard, Anthony. You do amazing work over there at Action Network. Do appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Talked a little bit of everything there with Anthony. Some NFL, some college football, college basketball, EPL. We had all the bases. So coming up next, we've got a nice nearly 80-game card in college basketball. Going to take a look at some games off the beaten path next here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts.
if you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Peterson himself on v the Sports Betting Network. Become a v Pro subscriber for just $79, and you get everything that we do now through the Big Dance. Sign up today, and you'll also receive $20 to buy v Sports Betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. Only v Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of top plays made by v show hosts and guests, betting splits, and betting reports. This is a limited time offer, so sign up now and get VEASAN Pro access through the end of March Madness, and you're able to do so at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network was great to have Anthony DeBundo aboard. Does amazing work over at Action Network, taking a look at a little bit of everything. We talked both forms of football, college and pro. We talked some college basketball. We talked some EPL, so always great to be able to get him aboard, and it's always great to have a day of just a whole bunch of college basketball action. We had one on Wednesday. We're getting another one on Thursday. And Thursday's card is one that is very, very rambunctious in terms of slate. We've got right around 79 games in total. And let's take a look at a game that I think it's got a low total, but I don't think it's necessarily low enough. Sub 73, sub 74, or sub 75, sub 76 on the betting board, I should say. Grand Canyon. They're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against Sam Houston State. And Sam Houston State between a five and five and a half point favorite. Your total on this game is anywhere between 126 and 127. And I set my total on 123. You've got a Grand Canyon team that year in and year out. They're one of your top 40 teams in terms of defensive efficiency. They're doing a great job of being able to pound teams into oblivion. And then for Sam Houston State, this is their first home game of the year. And this isn't necessarily too uncommon for some of these teams that are in smaller conferences, but despite the fact that Sam Houston State has played as many games at home this year as Greg Peterson, they're 33rd in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, which is really, really impressive. So they're giving up 89.8 points per 100 possessions, and they haven't played a single home game. They're going to be really, really even more dominant, in my opinion, now that they are able to play these home games, and now they go up against a Grand Canyon team that they're starting to have a little bit more of a dynamic number one score, and that would be Rayshon Harrison. Towards the beginning part of the season, he was not getting anything going whatsoever. He transferred him from Presbyterian, and he looked very much like an up transfer, but you take a look at what he's been able to do in the last, I would say, about month or so, and he's just been a completely different player as he started out the year shooting like 25% from three-point range first couple games of the season, but if you take a look at the last eight games that he's played, now shooting 36.8% from three-point range in the same span, 18 points, three and a half assists, 4.1 rebounds per game. He's been able to kick it into high gear. Prior to that, he had scored in single digits in five of the team's first six games. So you can see him being able to emerge now. If there is one thing that is going to be hurting Grand Canyon, they've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Ivan Odriogo. He comes in from Nebraska. He's been able to give you right around six rebounds per game, but they still have Gabe McLaughlin to really make things yucky down low. He's been able to give the team 10.5 points, 8.8 rebounds per game. Really do like his game. And for Grand Canyon, you want to mention something yucky. They've got three guys are averaging in double figures right now. Javon Blackshear has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but one of their top three scorers, none of them are shooting above 30% from three-point range overall for the season. And Sam Houston State, they're a classic, whole is greater than the sum of its parts sort of team. And I always love these teams because with Sam Houston State, they've got one guy that's been able to emerge a little bit more as a primary scorer, and that'd be Qua Grant. Grant comes in after 
He was a D2 All-American when he played at West Texas A&M a few seasons ago. Didn't really pan out at Wichita State, but he's become a do-it-all sort of player. Doesn't necessarily do one thing great, but does everything quite well. 13 points, 4.4 rebounds, 2.4 steals, 4.1 assists on 37.5% three-point shooting. Absolutely love his game, and I think that this is just such a unique Sam Houston State team in that you don't have a single guy that gives you more than 4.6 rebounds per game, but you've got 10, count them, 10 guys that give you at least three rebounds per game. So everyone just does a good job of just sort of doing their part. They all just sort of chip in when needed. Jaden Ray has been able to do a nice job facilitating three assists, seven points per contest. He's been able to shoot, by the way, 59.3% from three. That's relatively unsustainable. The same means to say it as a whole. They're shooting, despite the fact that they play these low-scoring games, 38.8% from three-point range. So it's a good little situation of something's got to give. And you want to know what that same means to say rebounding has done for them? They're averaging 13.9 offensive rebounds per game without a single player that's averaging more than 4.6 rebounds per game as a whole. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. And for Sam Houston State, they're in the top 30 in terms of just percentage of their missed shots that they're able to get an offensive rebound on. So I've been highly impressed by what they've been able to do on this front. Meanwhile, they're going up against the Grand Canyon team that they themselves have been able to do a good job of being able to hit the glass. And neither of these teams are necessarily playing too up-tempo at all. I mentioned it with Grand Canyon. They're always a very solid defense-oriented team. But in terms of total possessions per game, Grand Canyon bunch that right now is clocking in 315th in terms of total possessions per game. Same used to say a little bit faster, but they're currently 302nd with this regard as well. I think that you're going to get a nice low-scoring slobber knocker as a result. Did set my total at 123. I'm looking under with Sam used to say made them a five-point favorite. I think that we're starting to see some five-and-a-halves coming onto the board, and five-and-a-half, that is my buy point on Grand Canyon. We got a game that is going to be involving not too many possessions whatsoever. So being able to get a five and a half, I'm going to be willing to take that with Grand Canyon and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. How about if we take a look at a big favorite that I'm actually going to be willing to lay with? Don't do this very often, but how about 769, 770 on the board? Houston is going to be playing us to SMU. SMU, the Pony Express, opened up a 22-point underdog. Now we're seeing this line between 20 and 21. Your total on this game, you're going to be finding that anywhere between about 129.5 to a 130.5. And I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as well. But with this Houston team, I didn't make them a 22-point favorite. I made them the amount that we saw in the opener. So now that this team has come down a little bit, I'm going to be willing to lay it. Because the one thing with this Houston team is that they will just absolutely pound you on defense as well. If you're noticing a trend here, I do like to be able to Take a look at these teams that they do a great job of just being able to play tough, tenacious defense. And Houston is another team that they just fit the bill with this. And you take a look at this Houston team and the way that they've been able to cover big spreads, it has been absolutely remarkable because there are a lot of teams that typically they aren't able to do such a great job in terms of just when they get north of, insert your number here, 10, 15 points, what have you. But this is a Houston bunch that over the last we're going to call it year. So this year, the 2022-23 season, they've went 7-3 and three against the spread when they've been at least a 15-point favorite, which is something that certainly does stand out to me. And if you're able to take a look a little bit further, just in the era that we've had with Houston basketball, this is a bunch that when they've been at least a 15-point favorite, they have covered the spread now in 22 of their last 30 instances. There are very few teams that are able to do this. Houston is able to because they've just got so many guys that swarm and they've got a really efficient point guard. Jamal Shedd, he's able to give you right around 5.8 assists of fewer than two turnovers per contest. Not a guy that's going to go out there and bomb it from three-point range. And really, Houston has been a little bit bad in terms of the three-point shooting percentage. And I expect them to actually pick it up a little bit with that regard, which is going to make them all the more dangerous. If there's one team that I feel like is worthy of being in the top five right now, Houston probably is it because they've got Marcus Sasser. He's shooting 32% for three, 16 points per game. When it's all said and done, I think he's going to shoot closer to 40% for three. Draymond Marcus has been able to shoot 40% from distance. He chips in there 10 points per game. And then you got Juwan Roberts, Jaron Walker combining for 13 rebounds per game. These guys are superb. And for SMU, I think that this is a nice sell high spot on them. SMU looked absolutely terrible to begin the season. They were really able to pick it up when they... Went to the great state of Hawaii for the uh, Diamond Eye Classic. 
You've got a pair of guys in Zarek Phelps along with Zach Natal. These guys have been able to combine for about 33 points per contest, and Phelps has really been on one. 20-plus points in five out of the last six contests. They're both now shooting about 32% from three-point range. If you take a look at the month of September slash into very, very early January, they've been shooting more around 40% as opposed to when they were just not able to bury anything in November. But this team is going to need a little bit more depth because you got Samuel Williamson, Effie Obadiji. They both have been able to give you 7.2 rebounds. They combined to be able to give you about 17.5 points per game, but they really have, outside their main five starters, nobody is averaging more than four points per game. This is a Houston team that they do a great job of being able to beat you up on the glass. It's an SMU team that as a whole, they're still only shooting about 32.5% from three-point range. They don't do a very good job of being able to rebound in general. And in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, SMU more around 130th in the country. I think that this is a clear mismatch. Houston, time and time again, they do an absolutely amazing job of just being able to beat these sorts of teams up. I set my toe at 126. I'm willing to dive under. And Houston made them a 22-point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay the number, despite the fact that it's rather lofty with this Houston bunch, and that leads us into our VEASAN Pro Tip, VEASAN.com slash subscribe, for all these, you're able to sort them by show and by sport, and when it comes to college basketball, you're able to have actually some takeaways when it comes to past matchups, when it comes to these teams within the same conference, as long as you have the same coaches in place, that's a big caveat with this, but if you have the same coaches in place, you're able to take a little bit of something like Oregon struggling at the CU Event Center that I was talking about a little bit earlier, and USC and UCLA typically playing close games. And coming in next, we're going to stick with the college basketball theme and take a look at some big, take a look at some Big Ten action here on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.